Hello, everybody. It is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support on the episodes a ton. Really does mean a lot. We got a lot to get into in this episode. We got the Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade. We got season previews for the Bucks, Pacers, Bulls, Pistons, and Cavaliers as we are doing Central Division previews. And yeah, let's get right into it. First thing I want to talk about is the Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade. So this trade went down last night, a very, very interesting one. Russell Westbrook is traded to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a 2023 protected first-round pick. Uh, the exact protections on those tra- on that pick is it's pro- uh, lottery protected in 2023, top 12 in 2024, top 10 in 2025, top 8 in 2026, then it would become two second-rounders. I think this is a very, very interesting trade uh, on both sides for sure. For the uh for the Rockets, it's definitely a really really interesting one as we just haven't seen John Wall play in so so long. Uh, we haven't seen him play since like 2018, if I remember correctly. It's been about two years since we've seen John Wall on the court and healthy, and he's dealt with so many catastrophic injuries, uh, especially to a player like him where he was heavily reliant on his athleticism, and that was what made him so great in like 2017 where he was averaging like 23 and 10. He was a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, the Washington Wizards were really putting up some fights in series and were making stuff super interesting. They had some super fun series against the Boston Celtics, like the game IT scored uh, 53. You had the whole Kelly uh, Olenek thing, which that was that was crazy. The Kelly Olenek game seven where he just couldn't miss and he saved the Celtics season. Uh, the When John Wall was in his prime, he was one of the 15 best players in the entire league. He was absolutely excellent. But at this point in his career, when he's dealt with so many injuries, that, again, like to a player like John Wall, where he's so reliant on his athleticism, he's never been a good shooter. That's always been the biggest weakness of his game. He always thrived in transition, and he always thrived in the pick and roll where he could blow by people, and then you have to make a decision where he can either dump it off to his big, he can kick it out to the corner, or he's going to finish at the basket. Uh, and unless he's really, really improved his game as far as uh, his shooter, his shooting, and uh, if he's uh, even going to be anything on the defensive side of the ball, which I'm scared about for sure, too, because he was great on defense, especially when he was fully uh, focused and putting that effort in. But he may simply athletic. Uh, lack the athleticism now to be the great defender that he was in his prime uh, for the Washington Wizards. So he could literally be like an Eric Bledsoe type player right now. And if you're trading uh, such a good player like Russell Westbrook for that, that's really disappointing. And even though Russell Westbrook is heavily uh, criticized, and I'm one of those people, I've been very critical of Russell Westbrook throughout his career. At the end of the day, he's an excellent player. uh, And uh, the John Wall that we might get uh, definitely scares me for the Houston Rockets, especially considering how much he's being paid. Him and Russell Westbrook are basically on the same deal. Uh, if you look at like length, money, they're basically the exact same contract, and they're two of the worst contracts in the entire league. But at least Russell Westbrook is a sure thing. Like we know what's going to come out of Russell Westbrook. He's going to have some super head scratching and frustrating moments uh, that when you're watching as a fan, you're going to be really, really annoyed about. 
Uh, but uh, he's still excellent at attacking the basket. Great playmaker. Great rebounder. He's going to bring all those things. John Wall is a complete unknown right now because we haven't seen him play basketball in years. And he's dealt with so many bad injuries. So I'm pretty scared uh, what this trade could be like for the Houston Rockets if John Wall comes back and he's just not nearly the same player he used to be. Because even that first round pick, it's obviously nice to get because you traded a ton of your first round picks when Daryl Morey was your GM. You got two picks for Robert Covington. Uh, and then you move to one of those picks to get a future Detroit Pistons pick. Uh, so you're going in the right direction as far as at least getting picks because you traded a lot of picks in that Russell Westbrook uh, deal, which is that's that's a big yikes. Now, if you think about it, you traded you basically traded Chris Paul for uh, and four first round picks for John Wall and a protected first round pick. You. I get like three of the worst contracts in the league and three point guards, and then you end up trading the best one, and now you got the worst one out of them. That's a that's a very very tough scene for uh, the Houston Rockets. Uh, and honestly, I wish they could have uh, been able to trade Russell Westbrook even to a team that wouldn't give him uh, as high profile or as good as a player as John Wall, but would have put them in the direction of being like, okay, we're firmly just going to be tanking. We're going to trade James Harden in a really good 2021 class and a great 2022 class as well. It makes sense for us to just go in a tanking direction. We're going to see how good Christian Wood is. Uh, but now you're going to be a playoff team absolutely for sure i mean james harden's still on your team one of the 10 best players in the entire league you're going to be a playoff team and you have a solid lineup like john wall even if uh at the worst he's still probably a top 15 to 18 point guard in the league at the worst he's just average james harden we all know how good he is you got daniel house that three uh good three and d guy even though there may be some awkward tension after what happened in the bubble uh with him inviting the guests and then being an eligible eligible to play that that may cause some awkward tension there may be some awkward tension with pj tucker who's going to be playing that four spot because he was complaining about not getting a contract extension which i can definitely agree uh with him because he's been so valuable for the rockets team these past couple of years and him having to play center uh, and him having to fight with these uh, big men on the boards and be so physical at the old age he is he i uh, can completely understand why he thinks he deserves a contract uh with christian wood you uh, have a a lot of potential with him because we saw him average 20 points with the detroit pistons once they traded andre jumman and he was uh full time in that starting lineup as the center he was absolutely excellent uh for the pistons and i believe in christian wood a ton but the, at the end of the day he's still an unknown because he could just be like a solid 15 point per game scorer who's a good rebounder a uh, passable defender and a good shooter and that's definitely a valuable player to have uh but it's not what we all think he can be and then you got uh, boogie cousins coming off the bench a player who very similar to john wall and it's definitely cool to see those two back uh, they played together back in their Kentucky days, and they seem to have a super good relationship. So I think that'll be cool to see. But Boogie Cousins is in a very similar state to John Wall, where we, we just simply haven't seen him play much basketball in the past couple of years. And they've both dealt with some catastrophic injuries that even though John Wall relied much more on his athleticism, you got to think about how Boog, uh, big of a dude Boogie Cousins is. He's a very, very uh, big dude. He's like 6'11". He's always been a bit on the heavier side, and he's always used that weight uh, and his skill to dominate players uh, in the low post. And uh, those injuries can definitely be a lot for uh, such a big player to handle. And you got to consider he's dealing with an Achilles injury and then a torn ACL. It's kind of like what we saw with Clay Thompson. He had the Achilles injury, 
he's coming back. He had another injury, then he came back in the finals, and he was very questionable. And then he has the torn ACL after that. So that just could continue to lead to more and more injuries. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know what you're going to get out of Ben McLemore, who was really good last year, especially his shooting was excellent after he fell out of the league. He was a super big disappointment. And obviously he didn't uh, meet the expectations that were for him coming into the league as I'm pretty sure he was like the sixth pick in the draft, but he was still a solid uh, role player and a really nice rotation piece for them. And then you lose guys that did play some valuable minutes for you. You lose uh, a guy like Jeff Green, who was excellent for you in the bubble. You lose an Austin Rivers. And even though these players don't have the biggest name and they're not the best players by any means, they were definitely valuable for the, uh, to their team. And there's just so many variables that are uh, going on with this Houston Rockets team right now. I have no good how, uh, no clue how good they're going to be next year. Uh, I don't know if James Harden is going to get fed up if they're disappointing and request a trade. There's a lot of questions with this Houston Rockets team. Definitely don't like this trade for them. Uh, I do like them getting rid of a player who is clearly unhappy on your team. I'm always a big believer in you got to keep uh, the morale of the team good. And having Russell Westbrook going into training camp would have just been super, super awkward. But I just feel like this package uh, really doesn't make sense for them, especially considering uh, where John Wall is in uh, the state of his career. And honestly, for the Wizards, I really, really like this trade. Just because uh, even though I would like to see them trade Bradley Beal uh, and just go in the direction of stacking up young assets because you have some really nice young players on that team. I really like Thomas Bryant. Needs to improve on the defensive side of the ball, but he's uh, honestly super underrated. One of the better shooting centers in the league. We really saw that unleashed in the bubble where his percentages weren't great because he was like one of the main guys on offense, which you obviously don't want. Uh, but he was showing that he had the ability to hit threes. He was even hitting some like off the dribble. He was doing great in the pick and pop in the mid range. You also have Rui Hachimura, who I like quite a lot. Uh, good three, four, who can just do a lot of different things. He's not like a master of anything, but he's super solid at everything. He could score in the mid range a little bit. Three point shot is still developing, and it's it's solid enough at least. He's pretty uh, decent on the defense side of the ball. He rebounds well. He's got a good frame. I uh, like him quite a lot. You got Denny of Dia, who I like a ton, was one of my favorite picks of the 2020 NBA draft. I feel like uh, for the value where he was at, that was an absolute steal for the Washington Wizards. Uh, you get him, and he can be a guy who can really play make at the 3-4 position. Reminds me of a bit of like a Gordon Hayward, Hito Turkulu type of player. A bit of a point forward who can rebound, who can play defense. Just needs to develop that shooting. Uh, and they have a lot of nice pieces on that roster. Uh, but it seems like they're going to go in the direction of trying to compete. And this is somewhat of like a lateral move for them. They get way more talent than Russell Westbrook and way more of a sure, sure thing. And that's why I like this so much because there was just so many questions with John Wall. And he seemed unhappy when he heard the rumors that they were going to go after Russell Westbrook uh, with him in the, that trade. Uh so even though it's a bit of a lateral move as far as you're going to be in around the same spot, you're definitely going to be better. But you, at most, you're going to be like a six seed and a first or second round exit at best. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to sell tickets. You're going to sell jerseys. That's something that Russell Westbrook does. He can do that alone. And then you put uh, such a talented player like Bradley Beal alongside him, who is probably in for another great season. We're definitely going to see him in more of an off-ball role. Uh, which I think is good for him. It will improve his efficiency even more. And even if his numbers go down, he's still 
uh, going to put up some great scoring numbers, and they're just going to be a pretty solid team because they have so many just nice pieces on their roster. I like Troy Brown Jr. a ton. They have a lot of really nice young forwards. He's a guy who, in a similar vein to Denny Evdia, can play the point forward position. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's basically their backup point guard this season. He's super, super solid. Uh, good defender as well. Can shoot it a little bit. Not a great uh, one yet, but hopefully can continue to develop that. You got Davis Bertans, which is literally the perfect player alongside Russell Westbrook. Uh, four who can shoot the hell out of the ball. They definitely gave him a big contract, and uh, you may not think it's worth it. As you could think, last season was an anomaly. It was his first like really, really good season in the NBA, and it was a contract year, which is always uh, worrisome. But I think he's going to be worth it. I think he's going to continue to be one of the best shooters in the entire league. A top five one who can shoot the ball from deep off the dribble is just going to be so perfect for Russell Westbrook. Kicking it out uh, in the pick and pop. Thomas Bryant's going to play a similar role not near the shooter uh davis bertan says but he's gonna get spoon fed on those pick and rolls pick and pops he's gonna be so great with russell westbrook and i just think the fit uh of russell westbrook on this team is absolutely phenomenal uh, and even though they're not gonna be some uh, championship level team they're gonna do what they want which is uh, compete well enough sell tickets sell jerseys and if they just want to continue to go in that direction i think that makes a lot of sense and even though russell westbrook is a very bad contract john wall is the worst contract in the league so at least you get a more valuable player who's on a similar length of contract and on a similar size of contract absolutely love this uh for the washington wizards and think it's a really really good trade for them now getting into some season previews for the 2021 NBA season. First starting off with the Milwaukee Bucks, they definitely made some big moves in this offseason. My starting lineup for them is Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Uh, the Drew Holiday trade, they definitely gave up a lot of uh, pieces, do not get me wrong. But with the circumstances of this team, if it was almost any other team, I would say that's a bad trade. But just with uh, the meaning behind the season for the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo being a free agent and potentially being able to leave that team, I think it makes a lot of sense to go all in. And a player like Drew Holiday is so perfect for this Milwaukee Bucks teams. Uh, they need more guys who can create their own shot. Drew Holiday can do that. And he's just a proven super solid vet who's been so consistent for many, many years now. He's a guy who uh, handles the ball well, works really well in the pick and roll. I think a pick and roll between him and Giannis would be really nice. He's a pretty inconsistent three-point shooter, but he's still, uh, he's still a threat out there. And then he's an excellent defender. You get another really nice defensive piece in the starting lineup. And, and if you just look at this, all five of these guys are above average players on the defensive side of the ball. They are going to be excellent on defense. So I really like the Drew Holiday trade for them. I think he's going to be super impactful this season. Uh, and I think he's in for another really good season. I think he's going to fix a lot of the issues that they did have last year. Uh, and yeah, I just really like that trade. I think it's a great piece for them. And then you got Dante DiVincenzo at the two. I think he's in for a really good season next year. Uh, he showed a lot of uh, super nice signs uh, last year. Started 24 games. Only averaged 9.2 points. Uh, but was uh, really nice for them. Just a guy who can uh, do a bit of everything. Is a pretty solid defender. 
uh, can score the ball a little bit as well, can rebound, can play make. Uh, Three-point shot is definitely something that needs to continue to develop, but it did get better last year. Uh, Shot 3.7 a game and uh, shot about 34%, which isn't great by any means. Uh, But I think with the continued improvement of him, he can become an average to above average shooter. And if he does do that, he's going to be a super impactful player on this Milwaukee Bucks team. And that's just another guy who's really solid uh, on this roster. I like him quite a lot. Obviously, it would have been nice if they could have got Bogdan Bogdanovich and that whole situation was a complete disaster. Um, They would have gotten rid of Dante DiVincenzo, but you still keep him on the roster, and I think he's going to be super solid for you. Got Chris Middleton at the three, who's coming off probably his best season uh, in his uh, career. Yeah, he was so, so good last year. Uh, Probably didn't put up the most points of his career, but by far the most efficient season. Was very, very close and just missed the 50-40-90 category. Shot 49.7% from the field, and that held him back, but shot 41% from uh, three shot 91% from the line averaged about 21 points he was uh, excellent and that is actually his career high in scoring I didn't even know that uh, also got better as a playmaker that's something I definitely noticed uh, averaged about the same amount of assist as the previous season but also considering that they lost another ball handler in Malcolm Brogdon it's pretty impressive that he was able, uh, able to average 4.3 assists he was uh, super uh, solid for them last year was just such a great piece is basically the model of consistency especially in that regular season he does have moments here and there in the playoffs where you'd want him to step up a little bit and you'd want him to be better but at the end of the day he brings everything that this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team can ask for he's going to be a great like 2a and 2b uh, with Drew Holiday with Giannis obviously being the clear number one option hopefully he can continue to improve that shot creating ability because that's something they're going to need uh, but yeah, coming off a great season, really like what I saw from Chris Middleton last year, and he definitely did step up when Giannis uh, was injured in the playoffs, absolutely carried them to uh, the win against the Miami, and I think he's just in for another great season. Uh, you got, obviously, Giannis at the four, the reigning MVP defensive player of the year. He's going to uh, have another excellent season. It's absolutely no debate. I don't think he's going to win MVP uh, just because a three-time MVP in a row is very, very rare. And I probably expect him to rest some more games, take it a little bit easier in the regular season. You got two excellent regular seasons in a row where you disappointed in the playoffs. Uh, so this is the time that he needs to be better and this team as a whole needs to be better. Uh, hopefully he continues to improve on that three-point shooting ability because that's something that we definitely saw improve last year. He took the most of his career, and he didn't shoot a great percentage by any means. I mean, he shot a below-league average, but even just having that as a threat for Giannis is so terrifying with how uh, well-rounded his game is. I'd also like to see that handle improve, as that's honestly uh, the thing that I feel like is holding his game back more than anything. Like, him not being able to shoot it that well is a huge issue, do not get me wrong. But him being uh, not... uh, that great of a ball handler definitely holds uh, him back and uh, doesn't make him as great as he could be, uh, especially mixed with him not being a great playmaker either. Like he averages a solid amount of assists every year just because there's so much attention on him at all times and he's good at kicking it out to the corner. But if he can improve and have more like guard skills, I think that would definitely help a ton because like uh, 
like Ben Simmons per se, if he was in the role of Giannis, obviously he's not nearly as dominant as an inside presence, but he's a way better ball handler and way better playmaker at a similar size. So if Giannis can work on that, work on three-point shooting, and work on the free-throw shooting, the free-throw shooting is definitely something that's really concerning because that last year was more of a confidence thing than anything. You could tell he just was not confident ever going to the free-throw line. So there's a lot of things he does need to work on in his game, but at the end of the day, he is still one of the best players in the NBA. But it's just time for him to really step up and make the run that uh, we've all thought he uh, should have made these past two years. Uh, you got Brooke Lopez at the center position, who is an absolutely excellent defender. Uh, definitely deserved that uh, all-defense spot that he got last year. He was so good on that side of the ball. Uh, it was really disappointing as a three-point shooter. I feel like that went pretty under the radar. He only shot 31.4% from three, still shot 4.8 a game, and was still a threat out there, uh, don't get me wrong, but was just not nearly the caliber of shooter he was in the previous season where he shot 36.5% on 6.3 uh, attempts. Did shoot it better in the playoffs and had some uh, really nice moments in there, so you hope that can uh, carry over. He shot 53 uh, threes a game and shot 39.6%. If he can do something like that uh, yet again, that'd be absolutely excellent. But uh, we just know he's going to be a threat from outside, which is always nice. Spaces the floor well. He's not going to be a rebounder by any means. That's by far the biggest weakness of his game. But you got one of the best rebounders in the league in Giannis Adenokounmpo. Uh, so that uh, covers up his weaknesses there. And then he's going to be a great defender, great shot blocker, average 2.4 blocks game. Uh, I really like what Brooke Lopez brings to this team. Off the bench, you got DJ Augustine at the backup point guard position, which I think is such a great pickup for them. Every time I mention the Bucks offseason, I keep forgetting to mention that DJ Augustine signed with them, but that's a really good signing. They got him for three years, $21 million. He's a guy who is just super consistent and super solid at the backup point guard position. He can also play in that starting lineup with Drew Holiday if they wanted to. Really good shooter, has shot around like 40% from three uh, for these past couple of years. Really good playmaker as well. Uh, just a super nice player off the bench. Bryn Forbes, uh, another really, really nice shooter off the bench. They did an excellent job with limited flexibility of getting great shooting off the bench for them. Bryn Forbes last season averaged 11.2 points uh, for the San Antonio Spurs, shot 38.8% from three, is a career 40% shooter, and in only uh, 25 minutes per game, he shot six threes a game. That's really good stuff from him. Uh, probably won't nearly be playing as many minutes, but he'll still be playing some valuable minutes for this team uh, and just come in and shoot the ball very, very well. Fits into that style of uh, player you want next to Giannis perfectly. You got Torrey Craig at the backup three, someone who isn't a great shooter by any means uh, and is pretty inconsistent uh, with it, but can shoot uh, occasionally and can be a 3 and D guy. Only shot 32.6% uh, last season, but he is really good on the defensive side of the ball. It's something he's always thrived in. Good slasher as well. Uh, will be fed off those cuts. Uh, good in uh, open, good in the open floor. Just a nice role player that uh, any team can use. A three and D guy who is inconsistent as a three point shooter, but it's going to be put out there because of how valuable he is on the defense side of the ball. Uh, Pat Connaughton, they gave a pretty big contract, which I definitely didn't like because I just don't think he's uh, that good of a player, really. Uh, if I'm being honest, but uh, he he has been solid for this Bucks team. I mean, he averages like 5.4 points, 4.2 rebounds. That's uh, decent enough numbers. Doesn't shoot the three ball great. Uh, that's honestly why I'd 
I didn't want him to be re-signed by this Bucks team because he's just not very reliable as a shooter. But he is athletic, uh, does slash to the basket well, does rebound, uh, and just will be a solid rotation player that will play a decent amount of minutes for them. Then you got Bobby Portis at the backup five, a really good shooting center uh, who is definitely willing to shoot the ball, sometimes can be a little bit too eager to. Uh, but he is pretty solid from out there, and he's just going to be valued for the spacing he brings to this team. He doesn't really bring much else. Like, he uh, can score in the post occasionally, but that's not really his game. Uh, he's not a defensive player by any means, so you're going to need uh, him to be out there with a Giannis, with a Brook Lopez, which should happen at all times, and I think he should be effective in that role. Uh, they also have some rookies that I like quite a lot. You get Sam Merrill, who I don't even know if we'll, we'll be playing any minutes, but I actually could see him play some minutes. Reminds me of, like, Bryn Forbes. He is a really old rookie coming in at, like, 24, and he's super limited uh, with his size and athleticism, and he's not going to be a good defender. Uh, he's probably going to get picked on when he's out there, but he is a straight-up excellent shooter. Shot over 40% from three, shot around uh, 90% from the line. Uh, it's just so, so talented and proven as a shooter. Every year in college, he was uh, one of the best shooters in the nation. So I think he could play some valuable minutes for this team pretty early in his career. Jordan Nawara, another guy who could shoot the hell out of the ball. Uh, definitely isn't a great defender as he's a bit slow laterally. And overall, his athleticism isn't great. He's not going to be someone who's handling the ball or slashing uh, towards the basket. But he's going to be standing in the corner and hopefully just playing solid enough defense. And he's so consistent as a shooter that I think he could be another player who gets minutes that some point and then you got uh, mama died uh diakite who is a player i like quite a lot reminds me a lot of like jamichael green uh a pretty solid three-point shooter improved a lot uh in that area of his game last year really solid defender as well uh good at attacking the basket just a really nice player and uh them getting him out of undrafted free agency i think is super nice they honestly killed it in the draft this year my team mvp for them is Giannis. Uh, like I said, I don't think he will be the MVP, but he's definitely going to be their team MVP, the clear number one player on this team. He's just excellent defensive player of the year as well. He was defensive player of the year last year. Don't think he's going to win it this year, but he's going to have another excellent defensive year where he's going to probably average about a steal and a half, about a block and a half, a ton of defensive rebounds. That's just what Giannis does. My team most improved player for them is Dante DiVincenzo. Like I said, I think he's going to uh, he's in for a really good season this year. I think he's going to be super solid for them. Uh, hopefully he can continue to improve his th uh, three-point shot, uh, continue to improve that ball-handling ability, and I think he can just be a super solid role player for them who plays impactful minutes, and it's going to be a nice piece for them. My biggest storylines around the season for them is can they finally get over the hump? Can they finally make a finals run after multiple disappointing seasons in a row? Is it finally time for Giannis and the Bucks to make the NBA Finals? And then my next storyline is if they fail yet again, is Giannis just officially gone? Uh, and if uh, they fail, is it because of Giannis? Like, exactly. Is it because of Giannis's limitations to his game, which I think uh, he may stay because he may feel like a sense of guilt that he's failed yet again? Or is it because they're dealing with injuries or because Mike Boonholder is a bad coach? Uh, that'll definitely be interesting to see. And then my next storyline is, is Mike Boonholder the right coach? Which I don't think he is. I think he's an excellent regular season coach who gets exposed year in and year out for his simple defensive and offensive schemes. Uh, the drop defense that they have works wonders in the regular season, but we saw against uh, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler took 
complete advantage of that killed them in the pick and roll and i just don't think he's the right coach and then this one is uh no more excuses for Giannis. Uh, unless there's a big time injury, which you always uh, hate to see, and that's something that's unfortunate. Unless a big time player like Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton gets injured, there's zero excuses for Giannis to not make at least a conference finals run where he loses in a very close series. The only circumstances where I think not making the finals are acceptable is if there's a big injury or if the Brooklyn Nets come out and are like perfect next year. Because if they're, they're playing to the level that they can play and Kevin Durant is fully healthy, then yes, they uh, could easily beat the Bucks and probably have a more talented roster than them. But other than that, no more excuses for Giannis. It is time to make a finals run or it's probably time to be uh, uh, the second option. Even if you're the best player, it doesn't uh, necessarily mean you're the number one option on that team. Because I consider like the number one option the guy in crunch time uh, who's uh, going to have the ball in his hands and is going to be closing out the game for them. So uh, it may be time for him to join a Dallas Mavericks where he's alongside Luka Doncic, which I would, I would love to see. My expectations for them is to be the first uh, seed in the Eastern Conference yet again and be a finals slash conference finals exit. No excuse to be anything shorter. If they lose in the second round, yeah, Giannis is gone, and that's one of the biggest failures in NBA history if they fall on their face like that yet again. Next season preview I'll be getting into is the Indiana Pacers uh, at the starting point guard position. I have them starting Malcolm Brogdon coming off a pretty solid season for the Indiana Pacers. I think that was an absolutely excellent pickup by them in free agency. He definitely slowed down after a ridiculously uh, hot start to the season where he was averaging over 10 assists. Uh, he was still uh, scoring it pretty efficiently, but his efficiency definitely went down a lot last year. Uh, only shot about 32.6% from three, but I just simply think he's a much better shooter than that. He's always been such a good shooter at the line, which is always a great sign for how good of a three-point shooter you're, you are, and he's always been a good three-point shooter, so I think that was more a product of him uh, having to take on a lot bigger of a role, especially at the beginning of the season. Uh, when Victor Oladipo was out, uh, but I think he's going to uh, come in and play some really good basketball for them next year. Do the do just Malcolm Brown type of things where he's averaging around 16 points, um, probably about five assists, five rebounds, playing good defense, shooting the ball well. He's just such a nice player that any team would want. I'm always worried about his injuries. That's, that's something he's uh, pretty consistently dealt with throughout his career, but when he's healthy, he's just a really nice player. Uh, Victor Oladipo is at the two. He's one of the most interesting players going into the next season for me. And it's just because I have zero clue what to expect out of Victor Oladipo. If you look at his most improved player season in uh, 2018, he was absolutely phenomenal. Averaged 23 points, about two and a half steals, five rebounds, about four and a half assists. Shot the three ball super efficiently. Shot 37% on about six attempts, and a lot of those were difficult, off the dribble, contested. Uh, he was great in the playoff series against the Cleveland Cavaliers where he competed with LeBron, uh, pushed uh, the... Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, who made the NBA Finals to seven games, uh, and he was just so, so good, but uh, these past couple of years have been really weird. Uh, he had his 2019 season where, before his injury, he was really good, uh, but he wasn't what we saw, and it just seemed like he could never get in stride because he was dealing with a bunch of just, like, small injuries, and he couldn't... Uh, he, it seemed like every time he was about to get into rhythm, he would get an injury, and then he had the big quad injury, and then he came back this season and just wasn't good. He averaged 14.5 points 
on under 40% of the field, 32% from three. Uh, did show some nice signs, but could never get any consistency at all. Wasn't good in the playoffs either. Uh, and he's just, like I said, one of the most interesting interesting uh players going into next season because there was a ton of drama around him in the uh uh in this off season where it was uh he requested a trade and then it was he didn't request a trade and that he was asking other teams if he could come play for them in the bubble there was just so many weird things going on with him uh, and he's up for a contract uh after this season so it's a big prove it year for him uh and I think he's going to be good, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to capture what we saw uh, in in the 2018 season where he was an all-NBA-level player, and he was just phenomenal. Uh, next, at the three, got TJ Warren. He's coming off a very, very good bubble where he was completely unstoppable for a little bit, slowed down uh, a good bit in the playoffs where uh, defenses were more focused on him. Uh, still averaged about 20 points, though, on 47% for the field, 37% for three. He was still really good. And TJ Warren is just a super solid player as a whole. I've seen some people say like he's going to be the most improved player because of how good he was in the bubble. Uh, but I just don't think that's going to happen because he's already been a good player for years now. He's been uh, around a 20-point game score since 2018. Uh, he's a guy whose three-point shot has improved a ton. Uh, and it wasn't a fluke, which is kind of surprising because you look like if you're just looking at his basketball reference, it's like 2018. Uh, he was still good that season, but shot 1.43s a game and shot 22%. Then 2019 shot 4.2 and uh, 43%. Shot 3.4 and 40%. Uh, yet again, this season shot... Uh, shoots it well from the free throw line. Uh, and though he really isn't anything outside of a score, he is really good as a score and really refined at that uh, part of his game. So though he doesn't bring anything on the defense side of the ball, he doesn't play make, he doesn't really rebound at a great rate. Uh, he's just such a good uh, and efficient score that he's uh, worth giving big minutes for this team. Uh, next, we got DeMontis Sabonis at that four position. Uh, he is coming off a phenomenal season for the, uh, the Indiana Pacers, was uh, the all-star of the team, and was just uh, straight up phenomenal for them. Uh, averaged 18.5 points, about 12.5 rebounds, and five assists. Those averages are just phenomenal. Uh, they're just great. He was one of the best rebounders in the entire league. Basically got a double-double every single game. Averaged three uh, offensive rebounds, which obviously that's super valuable. Great passer as well. We saw uh, signs of that in these past couple years, but uh, we saw it fully unlocked when he was the starter uh, playing that four position. He's a guy that they put at the elbow a lot, and he was a, a great passer out of there. He really, really thrived at that. Uh, isn't someone who can really shoot the ball at all, only shot 1.13s a game and shot 25%, but he's so good in the post, is one of the best uh, post players in the league, has a great hook shot, can shoot it from the mid-range a little bit as well, and is such a great rebounder and passer. Uh, definitely interested to see if he's moved to center at some point to be the full-time center, because I think that's where he thrives at the most, where he has a... Uh, a more modern four next to him. A guy like TJ Warren at the four, I think, would fit perfectly uh, next to DeMontis Sabonis with him playing the five. Uh, but I think he's still going to be solid regardless, and he's going to put up similar numbers to he did last year. I hope he's healthy because he was dealing with a pretty uh, scary foot injury uh, that uh, kept him from not playing at all in the bubble, uh, and he couldn't play in the playoffs either, which was a big reason why they got swept. But, yeah, I think he's in for another great season. Then you got Miles Turner at the center position, a very good defender, 
uh, player that's been in a ton of trade rumors. We obviously had the whole Boston Celtics thing, uh, which was super interesting. Is someone who can also shoot the ball uh, pretty well as well. Isn't the most consistent player from out there. Shot about four game on about 35%, but just the threat that he brings out there is super valuable on his uh, something that opens up the game for all of his other teammates uh, and really opens up the game specifically for Sabonis because he's not the full-time five. He uh, still has a guy alongside him who could shoot the ball well enough where it gives him uh, room to operate down low. But it's just a pretty awkward fit with those two guys because even though Miles Turner can shoot the ball, it's like you don't want him just standing at the three-point line the entire time. And I feel like that's why his uh, potential has never really been unlocked because throughout his career so far, he's basically just been... Uh, uh, he's basically just been told to stand at the three-point line and space the floor, especially ever since the bonus came here. Like he only averages about 12 points. He's never been a good rebounder. Very similar in like the Al Horford vein, where he's just not a good rebounder at all. Averaged uh, 6.6 rebounds last year. Good, sh very good shot blocker and a very solid defender as a whole. But sometimes uh, gets taken advantage of guys. Uh, especially a guy like Joel Embiid has absolutely dominated him throughout uh, his career, which is why I was happy my Celtics didn't trade for Miles Turner, if I'm being totally honest, especially the more and more I look at it. He's uh, been dominated by a lot of centers uh, so far. I think in a series against the Heat, he's going to get dominated by uh, Bam Adebayo. A series against the Sixers, uh, same thing with Joel Embiid. And I just don't think he's uh, the greatest player. He's uh, very solid, though. I just want to see him in a different environment where he's put in a different role. Uh, and DeMontis Bonus can be the full-time center. I just don't think it makes sense for either sides. Like, I think they're limiting Miles Turner's potential and limiting the potential of the team as a whole by having those two together. For my bench, uh, I got Aaron Holiday at the backup point guard position. I really, really like Aaron Holiday. I think he's in for a super solid season. He's just a really consistent player who's not going to play big minutes because they have uh, pretty solid uh, guards here. But he's just a super nice uh, player, can uh, shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, can uh, play make. Uh, he's a really good facilitator. Shot 39% uh, from three on three point uh, three attempts. I want to see him get some uh, more opportunity and some more minutes. Uh, and I just think he can be a super solid either starting or backup point guard for this team for years to come. Uh, and he's going to be one of the better backups in the league uh, as long as uh, their two guards are healthy. So, yeah, I really like Aaron Holiday. Uh, next, I got Jeremy Lamb, which uh, has a bit of like a question mark next to it because he dealt with a catastrophic injury last year. One of the worst injuries I've seen in a long, long time where it feels like he hurt everything in his knee. He had like a torn ACL, MCL, PCL. Like it was really, really bad. So I have no clue uh, when he's going to come back, how good he's going to be when he comes back. But when he does play, he is a really solid player. Uh, who can shoot the ball, who uh, can slash to the basket, who can play defense. He's just a nice role player that you'd want basically any team. Just hope he can come back and be healthy because I think he can be impactful for this team. I just don't know when uh, he's going to be back. And then uh, uh, for another uh, player off the bench, you got Doug McDermott, super solid shooter. Uh, just really doesn't bring anything else but a shooting ability. But because of the modern NBA that we're in, uh, that is so valuable. And he sh shot 4.3 uh, threes a game on 43.5% uh, last year. Uh, he's just excellent at running off screens and getting catch-and-shoot threes, which is a super valuable skill set in the modern NBA. So, yeah, I really like what Doug McDermott brings to the team. You got a very similar player in that in Justin Holiday. Neither of them are great defenders, but Justin Holiday is coming off a season where he was an absolutely excellent shooter for them. Uh, was a team that 
well, not, not was a theme, was a guy that probably a lot of teams chased after in uh, free agency. So I think it was huge that they were able to retain him. Uh, shot, uh, shot four and a half threes uh, per game and shot 40.5%. He was just great for them last year and will be another nice, really rotation. Uh, really good rotation player and at the back of five i got goga badazzi really didn't get much opportunity in his rookie season which makes sense that pick was really weird because i'm a big fan of goga badazzi but i just don't think it made sense uh for them to pick a guy uh like him who uh is at the end of the day a center and they have those two big men on that was a pretty high pick to pick uh, a backup for the long term but I think he can be a really, really good player at some point in his career. Only averaged about 8.7 minutes last year and really didn't do much. Also had like a concussion during the season as well. But he's a guy who can uh, block shots uh, very well, who can shoot the ball a little bit too, who can play make, who can rebound. He's just everything you'd want out of a modern center. On I think uh, either with another team or with... Uh, them giving him more opportunities. He can be a really, really nice player in the future for them. Uh, and I like his game a ton. I just hope he gets more opportunity because I think he can be nice for them. Uh, they drafted Cassius Stanley, which I think was a great pick for them. A player who actually reminds me of uh, a former Indiana Pacer and Glenn Robinson the third, a really athletic wing who can shoot the ball a little bit as well. And I think he's going to be uh, nice for this Pacers team at some point. I think that was a steal with where they got him. My team MVP for them is DeMontis Sabonis. I think he's just going to have another great season. Another near all-star level season, even if he doesn't make the uh, actual game, he's going to be playmaking, getting rebounds, on scoring very well in the post. So, yeah, definitely my team MVP for them, especially just with the unknown of Victor Aldipo. My team defensive player of the year is Miles Turner. Uh, they really don't have uh, many other like great defenders. Malcolm Brogdon's very good. Victor Aldipo, when he's healthy, is very good. TJ Warren, nothing. DeMontis Spone is nothing. Uh, Miles Turner is definitely uh, the best defender on this team, especially with the unknowns uh, of Victor Aldipo. I think when he's, Victor Aldipo's healthy, he's the best defender on this team. But Miles Turner, super solid, block shots well. Uh, when he doesn't have like a super dominant uh, low post presence, he's also really good down there too. Uh, my team most improved player for them is Vic, uh, is Aaron Holiday. I think he's in for a really good season. Like I said, I like Aaron Holiday a ton. Uh, I just think he's super valuable at the backup point guard position. Even if his numbers don't take a big uh, jump, I think he's just going to continue to be more and more impactful for them every single season. Uh, and that was a really good pick by them. My biggest storylines around the season for them is, is a big trade uh, in a Victor Aldipo trade or Miles Turner trade coming soon? Uh, if Victor Aldipo is disappointing uh, and they think they should just get any value they can out of uh, him at the midseason point because they don't want to pay him in free agency, is he going to get traded for maybe a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, for the Dallas Mavericks because the Dallas Mavericks have very clearly uh, had interest in Victor Aldipo? Uh, or is a Miles Turner trade going to come soon where you let DeMontis Saponis uh, be the sole big man and let him uh, truly get unlocked? Uh, or are they just going to continue to be the same team, which is very, very solid? Uh, and my next storyline around the season is, can the two big man lineup uh, actually work? Because it's... Just an awkward fit between those two guys at the end of the day, even uh, though they were a very solid team last year. Uh, I feel like you're limiting both of the guys by having uh, that lineup uh, be out there. You're uh, making Simonis worse because you're giving him less room uh, inside, and you're making Miles Turner basically only a three-point shooter. I just don't like that for either of those two. 
on my next one is will they finally get out of the middle like will they finally not just be a fourth seed fifth seed sixth seed and then be a first round exit because that's what they've been for these past couple years and that's not the worst uh, place to be but it's also far from the best place to be because you're just kind of in this limbo area where you're not going to be contending for a championship anytime soon but you're also not going to be bad enough to get uh, a good pick that's going to help you in the future so that's definitely a big storyline around the season uh for me for them and then uh, how good is Victor Oladipo now slash how much should he get paid, uh, which will be based on how good is he after these injuries? Is he going to go back to the all NBA level player that uh, he was a couple seasons ago and get paid a max contract? Or is he going to just be a solid 16 point per game scorer who plays good defense, a uh, good playmaker as well? And is he going to be paid more around what he's uh, on for a contract right now at like the 18, 19 million dollar uh, level for him it'll be very very interesting this season my expectations for them to be a top five, five to eight seed and be a first round exit yet again it's just kind of what i am going to continue to expect out of this team unless they make a, a drastic move they're just going to be stuck in the middle for uh, as long as they keep this very very uh, good but not great team my next season preview is for the Chicago Bulls. My starting lineup for them is Kobe White at the point guard, who I think is going to be one of the most improved players in the NBA this season. I don't think he's going to win the award because it's very rare that second-year uh, players do unless they take like a crazy leap. But I just think he's going to be really nice uh, this season. He had a very up-and-down rookie season where he was super inconsistent at the beginning of the season and had some very rough moments. But he... Uh, was one of those players that was hurt most by the NBA season uh, closing down because he was hot as hell to end the season. He was averaging like 20 points on great efficiency, was shooting the three ball like crazy. He was having a really, really special streak for this team. Hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, but honestly, the thing I want to see uh, improved more than anything is just his playmaking ability because uh, I think that's going to decide uh, whether him and Zach Levine can play next to each other. He's mentioned multiple times that his main focus in the offseason was to improve as a playmaker, uh, and he's also put on uh, some very clear muscle. Uh, he probably put on like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, and I just think he's going to come in and be great for them next season. Uh, I just want that efficiency and that playmaking to improve. But at the end of the day, he was a rookie guard, uh, and you really just can't expect uh those type of players to be great uh i just hope he can start more only started one game last season which i think was crazy uh but i think he's gonna be great next season and be that starting point guard for them uh, my starting two is Zach Levine coming off a great season. Uh, I don't know necessarily if he can be a number one, which is the role he is uh, in on this team, but he is a great scorer. Averaged 25.5 points. Honestly, is probably uh, pretty underrated as a three-point shooter. A very easily one of the best three-point shooters in the entire league. Uh, shot 8.13s a game and 38%. That's truly elite stuff right there, especially considering the difficulty of shots he takes. On uh, just the frequency, because a lot of those are step backs, off the dribbles, contested. He's uh, straight up a phenomenal three-point shooter. Uh, just like Kobe White, I'd like to see him uh, improve his playmaking. That's definitely something he uh, needs to continue to work on, especially if he wants to be more of a lead guy. He needs to be better than just an average playmaker. Also, would like to see him improve his effort on the defensive side of the ball, hopefully with a new coach and a much better culture than uh, last year because literally anything is better than what they had last year in Jim Boylan and that mess uh, that was the Chicago Bulls last season. Uh, hopefully his uh, defensive effort and IQ improves because sometimes it's 
it doesn't even seem like his effort is the worst. It's just sometimes he doesn't know where to be, uh, especially off ball. He's a pretty solid defender on ball, actually, but it's off ball where he gets killed a lot. He gets killed back door when he's sleeping uh, and just sometimes doesn't know uh, where to rotate correctly. Definitely needs to improve on that, but great offense player. Just hopes he can uh, continue to round out his game and be one of the better shooting guards in the league. Uh, at the three, I got Otto Porter Jr., uh, definitely is a super solid player. I just hope he can stay healthy because he was great for the Chicago Bulls when they traded for him, but he's consistently dealt with injuries throughout his career, and that was the story of last season as well. Only played 14 games, but if you look at the 15 games he played for the Chicago Bulls in 2019 when he was fully healthy, he was a massive piece for them. Averaged 17.5 points. Uh, definitely those numbers were inflated. I mean, he shot 5.3 a game and shot basically 50% on them. That's not going to happen by any means. Uh, but if he can be anything close to what he was uh, for the Bulls in the 2019 season, I think he's going to be really good for them. And no matter what, he's going to be a 3 and D guy. Even last year in a season where he uh, only started nine games and only played 14 as a whole, he still uh, shot uh, 4.43 a game and shot about 39% on them and is still going to be playing good defense. So I like Otto Porter uh, quite a lot. Overpaid, but still a good player. At the four, they got Lowry Markkinen, a player who I'm super interested going into this next season because they did draft Patrick Williams, who is more of a four. And Lowry Markkinen was very, very disappointing last season. But I do attribute a lot of that to Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan had him uh, playing a role that I just don't think fits him at all. He just simply wasn't giving uh, Lowry Markkinen the ball enough. He only averaged 14.7 points, uh, and he was basically just a, sh a spot-up shooter for them last year, which I think he's so much more than. He's a player who I think can handle the ball, uh, who can post up occasionally, who can shoot the mid-range. I think he can do so many different things for the Chicago Bulls, but they basically just had him standing at three-point line, which takes away a lot of his value, and he really wasn't getting that many touches, so he could never get in rhythm. And I literally remember, like... It was either an interview or some type of quote that came out where Larry Markkinen asked about his touches to Jim Boylan, and Jim Boylan said, get more defensive rebounds. That is one of the dumbest and worst things I've ever heard. Uh, Larry Markkinen is also another player who's dealt with injuries. Basically, this whole team has dealt with injuries these past couple of years, but I think he's in for a really good season next year, and I just hope we can see what we saw in 2019. He had that February where he averaged like 21 and 10. He averaged uh, basically 19 on the season as a whole, shot 36% from three on 6.4 game. He was so, so good, averaged nine rebounds as well. Uh, but was really disappointing last year, had a down year, and hopefully he can go back on the upward trend uh, that we all thought he was on in 2019. At the center position, they got Wendell Carter Jr., who I am a massive fan of. Wendell Carter Jr. is one of the most underrated young players in the NBA, and it's not even an argument for me. He's already a truly elite defender and a top 10 to 15 defender of the league in my opinion he is excellent on that side of the ball super high iq is always in the right place at the right time excellent pick and roll excellent individual defender averaged basically a steal and a block last season uh not even playing that many minutes only played 29 minutes a game uh and was dealing with some injuries which Another thing that he's dealt with throughout his career, just like a lot of players on this team, only was able to get in uh, 43 games of action, but was really good uh, in those uh, games that he did play. And I don't even think his potential has been 
even close to fully unlocked yet. I think he can be an Al Horford type of player and maybe even better than a prime Al Horford. And prime Al Horford was a very, very good player. But uh, just last season, he averaged 11.3 points, 9.4 rebounds, about an assist, uh, a steal, and a block. But I think he can be so much more than that. I think he can be a guy who averages like four assists per game at some point in his career. I think he he can be used on the elbow, kind of like the – uh, Pacers use a bonus, kind of like how Marcus Saul used to be used uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, how uh, Al Horford used to be used for the Celtics, and I think he can be a really good playmaker out of there. But Jim Boylan didn't let him playmake at all, which limited his game so much and just uh, limited how much impact he can have, which is so much more than we saw last year. I also think he's going to be shooting the ball a lot more because uh, it already came out that uh, one of the first things that Billy Donovan d- did uh, to Wendell Carter was approach him, asking him about uh, being used in a more versatile role on the offensive side of the ball. So if Wendell Carter's used as a playmaker on the elbow, is shooting more mid-ranges, is even stepping out to the three-point line, which he's shown the ability to occasionally throughout his career, only a shot about 0.7 a game and shot around 20%. But if he can just be a threat out there and then good in the uh, pick and pop, Uh, I think he's going to be an excellent player. I'm in love with Wendell Carter's game, and I think he's super underrated. Uh, I think he has a super high ceiling for them. On the bench, they got Thomas Sadoransky at the backup point guard position. Just a really uh, steady and reliable player who is never going to do anything that really amazes you, uh, but is a good playmaker, has great size with him being around uh, 6'7". He's uh, very, very uh, good length and size. Also, good defender, can shoot the ball, can play make, can rebound, can kind of just do a little bit of everything, isn't great at anything. But I think he's a solid vet that is really nice for this team, and he's going to play some super valuable minutes at the backup point guard spot with the versatility to play the two, to play the three. I just like Thomas Adarancy quite a lot. Uh, the next player off the bench for them is Garrett Temple. Uh, definitely is going to be a, a more valuable in the locker room than anything for them is a guy who is uh, like the leader of the players association. I think he's the president of it uh, or the vice president. He's uh, a guy who actually played uh, a lot of minutes for the uh, Brooklyn Nets last year when they were depleted. Definitely don't expect him to play 27.9 uh, minutes a game for the Chicago Bulls team, but I expect him to uh, play some solid enough minutes. Just be a good veteran guy. Be a guy who can shoot the ball a little bit. Didn't shoot shoot it great last year. Shot 6.23 a game and shot uh, 33%, but he's been a pretty decent shooter throughout his career, uh, and he uh, doesn't bring much to the court, but he was a decent pickup by them, and I just think he's going to be uh, very solid as a veteran presence for them. Next player off the bench for them is Denzel Valentine. He's a player who I like uh, a lot more than most uh, do. I think he can be a very good uh, shooter off the bench at some point in his career. Shot 3.83s a game uh, and didn't shoot great uh, last year. Only shot about 34%, but shot 39% uh, in his 2018 season. Was uh, injured uh, multiple times throughout his career so far. Only played 36 games and only played 13.6 minutes. I think he was yet another player who was limited and misused a ton by Jim Boylan. I'm so happy they have him out of there because I think he's just such a bad coach. But as a guy who can play a bit of like a point forward role off the bench and can shoot the ball, I really like Denzel Valentine. Definitely needs to improve on the defense side of the ball. Needs to stay healthy, but I still like him as a player. Um, the next piece off the bench for them is Patrick Williams. 
Uh, a player that I definitely have some mixed feelings on, has phenomenal size and strength with him being 6'8", 225, strong as hell, is going to be a player who uh, can attack the basket and can uh, just bump people off him. He's uh, already coming into the NBA with a true grown man's body, uh, and I like that a lot. I also like his ability on the defense side of the ball. I think he's going to come in and immediately be a very good player uh, on that end. Uh, he has some intriguing skills on offense, too. He's a forward who can run the pick and roll uh, pretty good and effectively can uh, finish at the basket, uh, can handle it, can play make a little bit. Just uh, I'm more worried about his three-point shooting and his shooting as a whole than anything. Uh, his shot form is a bit awkward, uh, and he didn't shoot a great percentage at all. Did shoot a good free throw percentage, which is always a good sign. Uh, but I do like the Patrick Williams pick more and more every day, and I think he could be a good player for them. My next player off the bench for them is Thaddeus Young, a guy not coming off a great season by any means, and I definitely would like to see him uh, be traded from this team uh, for sure, uh, but he still is a really good veter uh, veteran presence. Uh, definitely needs uh, to be a better three-point shooter if he wants uh, to play bigger minutes, but he's just never really been a, a good three-point shooter throughout his career. It's always been something that uh, just comes and goes a ton and has never been really consistent. Shot about 35.6% last year, which isn't uh, terrible, but isn't great by any means. Uh, and he's just a solid enough player who's played in the year, uh, played in the league for many years now. Uh, it's been a starter, been a bench player. You can kind of just uh, do whatever you want. And he's never going to be uh, upset with whatever role you give him. Uh, and I like that. He's young. I just want to see him get traded. Um, the next piece off the bench for them is Chandler Hutchinson, uh, another player who's dealt with a ton of injuries uh, throughout his career so far. But I think he can be a solid player for this Bulls team. He's a really good defender, uh, and I like that part of his game a ton. Needs to improve as a three-point shooter, absolutely. Uh, only shot 1.43s a game in his limited action, shot 31.6%. Only played 28 games last year. Uh, but I think he can be a really good defender for them. Uh, and I just think if he continues to improve that three-point shot, he could be a super uh, valuable 3 and D guy. Just want to see him play more games like a lot of players on this team. This health staff is terrible, I swear. There's so many players on this team who just can never stay on the floor. Uh, and my backup center for them is Daniel Gafford. He's a player who I like a ton. Not as a player who's ever going to be getting massive minutes or being a great player, but I think he's just so good as a player who is just a high-energy guy off the bench. Uh, he's going to be a player who just uh, rolls to the basket very well, is an excellent lob target, great re uh, rebounder, great rim protector. Uh, I just love what he brings to the game, to be totally honest. I, I just think he's... Uh, such a nice uh, backup center, and it's going to be a player that's super valuable for them for many, many years now. Love his ability to block shots. Love his ability to rebound, and I just love his hustle so much. Uh, I really like Daniel Gafford. My team MVP for them is Zach Levine. I think he's going to have another great season, probably average about 26 points per game on super good efficiency. Hopefully, continue to uh, round out his game, be a better playmaker, be uh, a better defender, but even if he doesn't, he's still such a good player. Uh, my team, Defensive Player of the Year for them is Wendell Carter. I think he's going to be absolutely excellent on the defensive side of the ball for them this year. I think he's going to step up a ton and uh, have a, a breakout season for them. I think he's going to be great. Uh, my team, Most Improved Player, there was a, a couple players I was going in between. 
uh, on, but I have Kobe White. I was definitely thinking heavily about Wendell Carter Jr. I was thinking about Lowry Markkinen, but I just think Kobe White's going to take a big jump for them. I think he's going to be around a 16.5 point per game score on much better efficiency. He's going to average probably about 4.5 assists. Hopefully he can be solid enough on the defense side of the ball as well. Uh, my biggest storylines around the season is uh, how much does a, a new coach help? Uh, how much does a, a new coach with uh, Billy Donovan change them from being one of the worst teams in the NBA? Does that change them to being a team uh, that fights for a playing uh, spot? Because now, I mean, there's 10 teams that are going to, uh, be either in the playoffs or in the play-in tournament. So you definitely have way more of an opportunity than you had in these past couple seasons to be a, a playoff team. So can uh, Billy Donovan as a new coach, as a way better coach than Jim Boylan, who's one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen in basketball, can that finally help them into being a very, very uh, solid team? And then my next one is can they finally be healthy? Uh, they've just dealt with so many injuries these past couple of years, uh, and I want to see them be healthy, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it's because the training staff has been bad these past couple of years. I don't know if it's because the medical staff has been bad. I don't know if these players are just genuinely really injury-prone, uh, but I really hope these guys are healthy and playing a lot of basketball for them next year. My next question is, uh, how good is Zach Levine and, and this young core as a whole? How is Zach Levine another a number one on a championship team? Is he a number two? Is he a number three? Definitely don't know that yet. Is Kobe White uh, ready to be a lead uh, playmaker for them? And can he uh, coexist alongside uh, Zach Levine in the backcourt? Is Lowry Markkinen the player we saw last year or is the uh, player we saw two years ago? Is he around a 20-point-per-game scorer who's a good rebounder and a great shooter at the four as well? Or is he just an uh, underwhelming player who isn't bad by any means, but uh, just isn't great, is more of a spot-up shooter, uh, can handle the ball a little bit and can score off the dribble sometimes, but should probably be used off the bench more because he isn't a great defender. Uh, is Wendell Carter going to be healthy, and is, is he going to be an Al Horford type of player? I love Wendell Carter, but I still need to see more of him. Is Patrick Williams uh, a player who can play the three position, first of all? And then uh, how good is he going to be? Is he going to be a great uh, defensive player who can shoot the ball pretty well, uh, can play make, can work in the pick and roll, or is he just going to be a player who's uh, always, we always see the potential in him, and we always know he can uh, be something just with his physical attributes and with some of his nice skills, uh, but is he going to be uh, just disappointing and nothing special? Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and then my last question is, can Kobe and Zach Levine coexist? Uh, I don't think either one of them necessarily needs to be great playmakers but if they're both good playmakers i think they can coexist uh, but i just don't know if they're going to be good playmakers just yet in their career my expectations for them is to be a top 10 to 12 seed and to try and uh, make the make the play in game uh, and then hopefully compete for a playoff spot and i uh, i think they're also just going to see how uh, good each of the guys in the young core is and then move accordingly from there my next season preview is the Detroit Pistons. My starting lineup for them is Derrick Rose, who is coming off a very, very solid season for them. Has been really good these past couple of years, but I definitely want to see him be traded uh, from this Detroit Pistons team because he just doesn't fit the timeline by any means. I mean, he is an uh, older point guard around like 31, 32. And he's honestly just too good for this Detroit Pistons team. Like He averaged 18.1 points, uh, didn't shoot the three ball nearly as well, 
well as we saw in the previous season, but was still great in the mid-range, was still good at attacking the basket and good at playmaking as well. I just really want to see him moved at this point in his career to a contending team. But if they do want to keep him, he's going to be a solid player who's going to lead to some wins. Derek Rose is a really, really nice player. Uh, my two guard for them is DeLon, uh, DeLon Wright, who isn't a great player by any means, but just is a solid, versatile guard who can play uh, both guard positions. It's really good on the defensive side of the ball, uh, can play make a little bit as well, uh, and is just a pretty reliable player at the end. They could shoot the three ball a little bit too. Uh, I like DeLon Wright. Wasn't great for the Mavericks last year, but still was a valuable rotation player who played some good minutes for them. Uh, and he's just a pretty solidified guy who I think is going to be solid for them next year. Uh, at the three, I got Jeremy Grant. This is out of position for him as he's more of a four, but I just think with this team, he's going to be playing the three at least for now. Uh, super solid player. They signed him to a bigger contract than I would have, especially because they're going to have him play. Uh, a different role than I think he fits into. Uh, he clearly wants to be much more of a shot creator for the Pistons team. And even though I love Jeremy Grant, think he's one of the best role players in the entire league. I just don't think that uh, is the role he fits. But I think he's probably going to put up some inflated numbers, average uh, a lot more points than he's uh, than how good of a caliber of a score he actually is. On uh, not great efficiency, not terrible either, uh, but nothing special. And then some other team is going to trade some picks for. Uh, him and then he's going to go back into a uh, more of a role player uh, I do like that signing if they can get some uh, good assets uh, out of him but just uh, as a player uh, for them and as a fit for them uh, I'm not a big fan of it with him having to probably play the three and then him being more of a shot creator it's just a little weird at the four, I got Blake Griffin, who is a player who's one of uh, the most unknown players in the entire league uh, for me. Like, I have no clue how good he's going to be next year. He could be excellent, and he could go back to what we saw two years ago, where he had the best season of his career, uh, in my opinion. Averaged 24.5 points, shot seven threes a game on 36%. Uh, was just so, so phenomenal. That year was uh, a main playmaker for them. Averaged 5.4 uh, assists. Uh, was just excellent, made the All-NBA team. He was so, so good that year. And then 2020 was such a weird season for him. He was fighting injuries at the end of the 2019 season that definitely carried over to the season. Uh, he played only 18 games, and he was terrible in those games. Averaged 15.5 points on 35% from the field and 24% from three. It was an ugly one for him, but I don't think that's uh, represents what we're going to see out of Blake Griffin because that was just such a bad season for him. Even if he's not nearly the same player, I, I don't think he's going to be that bad. He is on one of the worst contracts in the league, though, as a player that's consistently dealt with injuries, and I just have no clue how good he's going to be next season. But hopefully he can be really good, and then they can flip him for some, for some younger assets. And at the center position, I have them starting Mason Plumlee, another player that they signed in free agency. That was a bit of a weird signing. Because Mason Plumlee, I think his value is as a backup center on a, a very, very good team. But at the end of the day, he is a super solid player who's been really consistent throughout his entire career. Uh, is a really good playmaker and one of the better playmaking centers in the league. Every time I talk about Mason Plumlee, I talk about how much I love his playmaking. But uh, I've consistently seen him be a really good playmaker. We saw him. Uh, in 2017, when he was playing for the Portland Trailblazers before he got traded to the Denver Nuggets, he was averaging four assists as the starting center. And I think he's going to go back to doing something like that with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, solid rebounder as well. Nothing great, but pretty decent. Uh, 
and then uh, good score too. Uh, could work well in the pick and roll with uh, whatever guards uh, they run it with. And he's just a solid player who's going to play some good minutes for them. Off the bench, I have Killian Hayes, who is one of my favorite rookies uh, in this entire draft class. I'm just an absolutely massive fan of Killian Hayes. I think he's an excellent playmaker, really good ball handler, works super well in the pick and roll. His three-point shooting percentage wasn't great by any means, uh, but he showed all the good signs with him having a really nice form, uh, being confident in those off-the-dribble, step-back, challenging threes. Uh, shot a really good percentage at the line as well and probably isn't going to be a player who's uh, very good early in his career but I think with development and with patience I think he can be a really really good player for them at some point I think he can be one of the three best players to come out of this draft class he reminds me a lot of like D'Angelo Russell Goran Dragic uh, just a lefty who's uh, very crafty, finishes at the basket well, and then he's going to be a better defender than uh, both of those guys, or at least he projects to be. He puts a lot of effort in on that side of the ball, and I just love Killian Hayes' game and think he's very, very good. Uh, then you got Wayne Ellington, who's uh, back with the Detroit Pistons, another player who I'd like to see on a contending team, uh, but he is super solid, was honestly terrible with the Knicks uh, last year, but really didn't play uh, many games, just dealing with some injuries, only played 36 games as a whole, averaged five points on 35% uh, from three, but he's consistently been a great shooter uh, throughout his career, has uh, consistently been a guy in the past couple of years before last year to shoot uh, around or over seven threes a game and shoot a great percentage on them. And I think with a team where he's uh, uh, where they're competing and he's just coming off the bench as a flamethrower who can uh, just run off screens and really shoot the ball, I think he's uh, valuable in that. Hopefully they can flip him for even just a couple second round picks and maybe uh, uh, a contract or a guy to take a flyer on. I would like that. I like Wayne Ellington quite a lot. Uh, and then I got Josh Jackson is a player who they definitely took a big flyer on and did show some nice signs uh, with uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. But this is kind of what's happened every year in Josh Jackson's career. He's terrible at the re- beginning of the regular season. He was in the G League uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then he plays a little bit. He shows some nice signs. Uh, and and then he comes out and disappoints again next season. So hopefully he can actually be good uh, for them uh, this season, come off the bench, uh, be a guy who plays good defense, can score the ball a little bit as well. Three-point shooting has just never been uh, a big part of his game. It's always been something he's been uh, below average at, and that's probably the biggest part of why he's uh, failed so far in the NBA is his lack of a three-point shot. And him not being a great ball handler either. He's just not that good of a player. But I do like them taking a flyer on a guy like him and just hoping he could be uh, something for them. Next guy's uh, Sfi Mikhailuk, who is a very, very good shooter. Uh, shot 40% from three on five threes a game last year. Uh, really just doesn't do anything else outside of that. Like, he isn't much of a playmaker, even though he's solid at it. He's not much on the defensive side of the ball, but he's just going to come in, run off screens, and shoot the hell out of the ball. So that's always valuable, and he's a player that I definitely like on this roster, especially with him being a younger guy going into his age 23 season. I like Shui Mikhailu quite a lot. My next piece off the bench for them is Sadiq Bey, one of my favorite prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, They drafted two of my favorite guys this year. He's just a super versatile uh, wing who can do a lot of different things. He really just doesn't have that many holes in his game at all, if I'm being completely honest. He kind of just does everything out there. He shoots uh, the ball very, very well, shot over 40 
uh, or around 40% from three in college, can handle it, can score off the dribble, finishes at the basket well, is a solid defender as well. Never expect him to be a star-level player, but I think he's one of those players who's just going to be really, really solid. Reminds me a bit of like Tobias Harris. Uh, ish type of player he's just a really really solid and i love sadiq bay at his game i think he's going to be a nice player for them next player off the bench for them is seku Deboya, who is definitely a big project uh and need, is going to need time to develop as he was the youngest player coming out of his class uh, a guy who came from france came from uh, a lower level league but i think he has a lot of potential he has great uh, uh great frame 6'8 230 is super athletic as well showed some really nice signs especially when he was uh, starting some games for the detroit pistons had some really excited clashes he had like a crazy poster dunk he is just a player i like quite a lot he again is a project needs a lot of developing needs to develop his three-point shot needs to develop his ball handling but i, I think no matter what he's going to be a good player on the defense side of the ball he's going to be good at attacking the basket and as long as the three-point shot can develop he's going to be a really nice player for the detroit Pistons at some point uh, and they also picked up Julio Okafor, who's a player who I just simply just don't think is that impactful in the modern NBA. A center who can't shoot and can't play defense uh, really just doesn't have much value to me. But he has uh, always been one of the best post scorers in the league. He's so talented down there, has excellent footwork, good, uh, good rebounder as well. Just doesn't really bring anything else, but... I mean, I guess it makes sense for them to sign him. I don't really know. It was a weird one. Uh, and then they drafted Isaiah Stewart, who I'm not the biggest fan of just because I'm someone who's super big on centers that are able to handle the ball, who are able to shoot, who are able uh, to pass as well. And he uh, d just doesn't really do that. But he, he is a guy who's a super good kid, uh, has a great motor as well, is ridiculously strong, can overpower a lot of players at times. Uh, and has a lot of nice skills, a good shot blocker, uh, but also isn't a great uh, vertical threat, which is probably going to limit his uh, shot blocking ability and limit him as a lob threat for sure. We really didn't see him catch many lobs in the pick and roll that much uh, in his one season at Washington. I think it was a pretty big reach as I had him uh, in the 30s, I'm pretty sure, or even in the 40s for my big board, and they drafted him at 16. That was one of my least favorite picks, but he is going to be a solid player. I just don't think uh, that type of player should have been drafted that high. My uh, MVP for them is Blake Griffin. This one is literally just a complete swing. It could be so many different players. It could be Jeremy Grant. It could be Derrick Rose. It could be Blake. I have no clue who it's going to be. This is just all dependent on how healthy he is. But if he's healthy, I think he's going to be great for the Pistons. And then hopefully they can uh, trade him for literally anything and just get that contract off their books. But yeah, I've messed uh, their team MVP, but I, I just really don't know. My team defensive player of the year for them is Jeremy Grant uh, with a team that's probably going to be very bad. I just don't see a lot of guys putting much effort on the defense side of the ball, and they just really don't have that many good defenders. Rookies, no matter how good uh, they look in college uh, or overseas uh, on defense, they usually don't come in and be great on defense unless they're really, really special. Guys like Onyeka Kongu and Isaac Okoro, I think, are going to come in and be great defenders, but I don't think any of those rookies are going to come in and be excellent defenders. I think they'll all be solid, but not great, and they just won't get uh, enough minutes. I think Jeremy Grant is a really good defender, and even though he'll probably put in less effort on that side of the ball and more on the offense side of the ball, I'm as their team defensive player of the year. 
Uh, my team most improved player for them is Jeremy Grant. He's going to be in a much bigger role. And I don't know how much he's actually going to improve. Like, his stats are going to look way better, but I think a lot of those will be empty and not on great efficiency. And if he gets traded to a different team, he's going to be put back in the role where he was before, and he's going to be around like a 13-point-per-game score again. But I think Jeremy Grant is super solid, and he's going to get a lot more opportunity. My big storylines around the season for them is uh, how much uh, value can get can they get out of the older players? Can they get like a late first round pick from and maybe a contract for Mason Plumlee? Can they get a first or two out of Jeremy Grant? Can they get anything out of Blake Griffin? Can they get a, a first out of uh, Derek Rose? Can they get something out of DeLon Wright, out of Wayne Ellington? Uh, there's a lot of guys that I would like to see them uh, trade on this roster, and I'm just interested to see what they can actually get out of them. And then uh, my other biggest storyline is how good are the young guys on the roster? Is Saku Deboya always going to be uh, a project and always gonna, he's going to be uh, the next Bruno Cavocolo? He's going to be two years away from being two years away. Or is he really going to succeed and be a very good player? Which I definitely think he can be because I love I love Saku Deboya. I love his game and think he can be really, really good. Uh, is Killian Hayes uh, truly going to be uh, their point guard of the future? Uh, is he good enough to be like a number two option on a championship team? Or is he just going to be like a complimentary three or four best player on a championship team? Uh, is Sadiq Bey ever going to be a star level player? I don't think he's going to be. Uh, or is he just going to be a really nice role player, which is more what I project him to be? Is Isaiah Stewart truly going to be good enough to be a starting center in this league? Uh, is he going to be able to develop those game, those parts of his game that I consider weaker and why I consider that not being a great pick? definitely going to be interesting to see my expectations for them is to be one of the five worst teams in the league and then trade many of their older players for uh, picks and then uh, give the young guys plenty of opportunities and a really good draft class hopefully they can get a guy like Jalen Green a Cade Cunningham Jonathan Kaminga there's so many good guys in this draft so I think it makes sense for them to not be great and they just really just don't have much talent on this roster uh, at the end of the day if I'm being honest my next season preview and last for the episode is the Cleveland Cavaliers. My starting lineup for them is Darius Garland at the point guard, who is coming off a really disappointing uh, regular season uh, last year. Uh, I meant to say rookie season, not regular season. Uh, but I do still believe a lot in Darius Garland. He is a player that I'm far from giving up on, and that's because you got to consider that with the amount of games he played in his college uh, career, which was very few, he played like four games, he basically went straight from high school to the NBA. And that's a big, big transition. You already consider how much of a transition uh, being a college point guard is to being an NBA point guard. And you're basically going from a high school point guard to an NBA point guard. And that's already the hardest position to transition to, in my opinion. So it was definitely a really up and down season for him where he was super disappointing. But I think he can be... A like a real star level player. I think he can be the best player on this roster. I really, really like Darius Garland. I just can't give up on what I saw from him as a shooter, uh, especially just as a shooter. He can be really, really special uh, as a three-point shooter. I think he can be a great playmaker, especially in the pick and roll as well. I think he can shoot floaters well, uh, uh, curl off screens in the mid-range and then uh, shoot the ball. I just think there's so much for him to unlock on the offense side of the ball. Definitely wouldn't give up on him and think he's in for a way better season than last year and think he's going to be much, much better. They got Colin Sexton at the two, who's a guy who I very conf 
conflicted uh, thoughts on because I think he has a lot of talent uh, for sure. Do, do not get me wrong. He averaged nearly 21 points per game. Shot uh, very good from three as well. Shot 3.93s on 38%. Shot 3.6 on 40% in his rookie season. But he's someone who, for me at least, feels like a bit of an empty stats guys. Like, this team has been terrible these past couple of years, and he's put up good numbers. He always has, like, a hot uh, second half of the season where when teams are tanking and they're, uh, a lot of teams just aren't trying as hard, he shoots the ball great, puts up some great numbers. And I think he could still be a very solid player, but on a good team, I don't know if he's good enough to be, like, a 20-point-per-game scorer like he is. Uh, and he could even be, like, an all-star level player at uh, some point in his career. I'm far from, like, completely giving up on him ever uh, being a very good player. But for now, at least, it just seems like he's a bit of an empty staff guy, someone who I'm super conflicted on. Uh, hope to continue to see growth in his game. Definitely want to see him improve that playmaking uh, and uh, that's something he just absolutely needs to want to see him improve on the defensive side of the ball as well. Even though it's hard at the end of the day, he's a six, one 190 pound guard. It's just kind of tough for him out there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, Colin Saxon's definitely a very, very interesting player at the three. I have them running Jetty Osmond, at least to start the season. I expect uh, Isaac Okoro to take that over at some point, but at least to start the season, I have them uh, running out Jetty Osmond. Just a really solid player, uh, good score, shoots the ball pretty well, shot 4.93's game on 38%. Can play make a little bit as well, can play a bit of like a point forward role at times. Average 2.4 assists. Uh, nothing great by any means, but. Is just a nice role player that I think when uh, he's eventually put on the bench uh, for Isaac Kokoro, I think he can be a really solid uh, bench piece for them and be a player who's on their team for a long time. Uh, at the four, I have them running Kevin Love, a player uh, who's coming off some very interesting seasons. In uh, 2019, he uh, really just wasn't uh, that good, didn't shoot the ball efficiently at all, uh, but was much better in 2020, averaged 17.6 points on 45% of the field, 37.5% from three. Uh, he's consistently been one of the best three-point shooting bigs in the league, uh, and I absolutely love what he uh, brings from out there. But he's a player who just doesn't at all fit the timeline or the direction of this team, and they're kind of a bit directionless because they have players on their team who should be on impactful teams and helping those uh, teams win, but they're on this team. Uh, not really leading to any wins and just being solid. He's a player who's on a pretty bad contract. Uh, I would love to see him get moved, but I just don't know if it's going to happen because he's obviously a valuable player, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries uh, and then is on a bigger contract as an older player going into his age 32 season. But I think still on a contending team, we could see the impact in Kevin Love. He's still a good player at the end of the day, can post up, can rebound, and can hit threes better than almost any big in the league. Uh, and then at center, I have them running Andre Drummond, who's a player who I'm very, very low on, lower than even most people are. And I feel like uh, most people's opinions have uh, changed about Andre Drummond, but he's a player who I just don't really see much of the impact. And he's another guy on this team who I think is a big time empty stats guy. Like he's an excellent rebounder and I cannot take that away from him. Uh, that's something he's been good at throughout his entire career. I mean, he's averaged 13.8 rebounds throughout his career and has averaged 4.8 offensive rebounds, but he doesn't really have anything else to his game. He may put up good defensive stats, puts up 1.4 steals and 1.6 blocks per game, but he's not a good defender, doesn't really move well on his feet, isn't great in the pick and roll. Uh, showed some signs as a passer and uh, can do that uh, from time to time, but isn't a great passer, can't shoot, doesn't have a post game. Uh, and just as a player who I think isn't that impactful simply enough, and I'm just not a fan of his game really at all, if I'm being honest.
Off the bench, I have them running uh, Damian Dotson, who I think is a pretty underrated player. He's played on the New York Knicks these past couple of years, so obviously he's not going to get much attention because he's not a young player and he doesn't put up crazy numbers by any means. But he's an excellent shooter who runs off screens very well. Didn't shoot like a great percentage from three last year and hasn't shot a like a crazy percentage throughout his career but i mean he shot uh three and a half uh throughout his career so far and has shot 36 percent i just think he can be a really nice piece off the bed for them i uh, had a down year where he uh, didn't play many games only played 48 games uh, and uh didn't start any games compared to the 40 games he started the previous season but again i just think he can be super solid for this Cavs team off the bench i think he can be a really nice scoring guard for them uh Next off the bench, I have them running Kevin Porter Jr., who is a player who I'm absolutely in love with. Uh, he's had some weird off-the-court stuff that is definitely scary, uh, and hopefully that uh, stuff figures uh, it's, itself out and it uh, doesn't affect the on-court product because I think he's when he's actually playing basketball, he's a very, very good player. Definitely needs to improve his shooting. Uh, shot 3.23s a game and only shot about uh, 34%. Has a bit of like a long and weird uh, wind up to his three point shot and didn't shoot great in college either. You got to consider he was a top five to 10 projected pick before the season uh, started. And then he had some weird stuff where he, uh, he was uh, suspended. I'm pretty sure he. He just had a lot of weird stuff, and he dropped to 30, where the Cavaliers traded four uh, second-round picks up to get him. And I think that was definitely worth it. He showed some great signs, had some explosive scoring games, only averaged about 10 points. But I think he's going to improve a lot this season. Uh, and honestly, I think, depending on what guard they choose, I think he should be the second guard alongside them. I'm a big fan of Kevin Porter Jr. and think he's going to be great next season and think he has a super bright future. Just hope he stays out of trouble. Uh, at the back of three, I got Isaac Okoro, their draft pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player for them. Definitely a player that fits that team very well because they need defense desperately. They really just don't have any defense at all in this team. And he's going to immediately come in and be an above average uh, defender on the perimeter and has the potential to be a top five uh, wing defender in the league. He has crazy strength, great length, great size, great effort, uh, great IQ. He just has the entire package on the defensive side of the ball and is one of those rare rookies who I think is going to come in and make an immediate impact on that side. He's really, really special. Uh, I'm, I really like Isaac Coro. I also like his ability to play make. He can play a point four role occasionally. He isn't going to ever average like a crazy amount of assists, but is solid enough at it. Um, I just really like Isaac Coral, like what he brings, uh, and I think it was a great pick for them. Uh, at the back of four, I got them running Larry Nance Jr. Uh, he's a player who I like quite a lot, and I would uh, love to see him uh, traded to a comp uh, contending team where he can really compete. Uh, I've thrown out the idea of him getting traded to the Boston Celtics, and as a Celtics fan, I would absolutely love that. He's a guy who uh, rolls to the rim well, uh, is a good lob threat, really athletic, can rebound, is a really good defender, uh, can shoot it a little bit, not great, but uh, good enough and is at least a threat from out there. And I just love what he uh, brings to the game as a role player who's not going to play big minutes. You never want him starting, but off the bench, I think he's a really nice peach. Uh, at the backup center position, I have them running JaVale McGee, a player they recently traded for. Uh, at the end of the day, even though he has his funny moments where he's doing dumb stuff and he did not play really at all in the playoffs last year for the Los Angeles Lakers, he did start every single game of the regular season that he was uh, active in. Uh, great lob threat, uh, good at rolling to the rim, good rebounder, really good shot blocker. Uh, isn't like a great defender because sometimes he has a lot of moments where he has like Hassan Whiteside syndrome where... 
even if he's getting a uh, block shot, he's not always in the right position. But at the end of the day, solid player and a good backup uh, center for sure. Uh, my next player off the bench for them is Dante Axum, a player who they recently traded for. And even though he's had a super disappointing career so far, has dealt with a lot of injuries. And I simply think he didn't develop into the player that he could have been. Uh, he's still a player who uh, is solid, can uh, finish at the basket well, is a good defender, was really good size at the point guard position, still just has never really improved his three-point shooting, and that's continuously held back his game. But I think he can be a uh, decent enough rotation player, probably play around 10 minutes a game for them. And then I have a big asterisk alongside this, but Dylan Windler. He's a player who I like quite a lot. Was injured throughout his entire rookie season, but I think he can be a really impactful player for this Cleveland Cavaliers team at one point. He's someone who can really shoot the ball and is going to come in and immediately do that. He can also uh, uh, score off the dribble a little bit, can play make here and there, and I just think he can be a nice player for them. I hope he gets some action, even if it's like eight minutes a game. I just want to see him get some PT, and I think he can be impactful in that playtime. My team MVP for them is Colin Sexton, though uh, I said what I said about him. I still think he's a very solid player. He's going to put up some good numbers this year. He's going to be the main option because they're not really going to focus on uh, Kevin Love or Andre Drummond. Uh, those are older players, on, and they won't be on the team for that much longer. So I think Kevin, I mean, uh, Colin Sexton is going to get uh, most of the opportunity, and he's going to put up some good numbers next year. My team defensive player of the year for them is Isaac Okoro. They really just don't have many good defensive pieces at all. So as a rookie, I think Isaac Okoro is going to be the defensive player of the year for this team. I think he's going to lock up some wings sometimes. And he's going to have a performance against a guy like Jason Tatum or like Kevin Durant or uh, James Harden or something where he randomly holds them to a pretty poor uh, shooting performance. And we're going to be like, wow, Isaac Okoro is that dude on the defense side of the ball. He's just so good already coming in as a rookie. And I think it's only up from here. He's going to be one of the best wing defenders in the league. Uh, my team most improved player for them is Kevin Porter Jr. He's uh, a player who I've... Uh, uh, talked about a lot in this uh, preview, and I like a ton. I th just think he's going to be a great scorer for them at some point uh, in his career. I think he's going to be around uh, 18 point per game score in his prime. I think he's just really, really good. I think he has a lot of potential, showed some great flashes, uh, and was uh, pretty solid last year, and is just going to be even better this year. My biggest storylines around the season for them is uh, Sexton or Garland. It's I think it's time to pick which guard because at the end of the day, I just don't think those two can coexist, especially if they're trying to really compete. I think they're not going to be good enough on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and I just think it's, uh, it doesn't really make sense to have two players who are that small in the backcourt. Like even Damon CJ, CJ's like 6'3", 6'4". Damon's like 6'2", 6'3". These guys are both like 6'1". They are really, really small. And I don't think uh, either of them are going to be as good as those guys are on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and they're going to be just as bad on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's time to pick which guard. And then whichever guard you do pick, I think uh, you run Kevin Porter Jr. alongside them, Isaac Coro at the three, and that's a nice, uh, nice thing. Uh, and then my next uh, storyline is can they get rid of Kevin Love? I want to see that contract uh, gone for them. And I just think it would be really, really big for them. It would open up more opportunity for younger guys. Uh, and then just get rid of a player who seemed unhappy there and just doesn't fit the timeline at all. And then uh, my next one is how impactful will Isaac Okoro be on the offensive side of the ball? We all know about his defense, uh, but can he be a good offensive player? That, that'll definitely be interesting to see. My expectations for them is to be one of the five worst teams in the league and then uh, test their young talent and see what guard they're going with into the future.
I hope you enjoy this uh, this episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. It's been Michael. Peace out.